As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Rates and Barrels. It is Monday, July 3rd. Derek Van Riper, Eno Saris here with you on this episode. We dig into some first half pitching surprises. It is the sibling episode to the hitter surprises episode that we did last week. We'll talk about some pleasant surprises from this year's group of pitchers. Dig into why that has happened. Maybe try to figure out who the next group of pitchers will be. That's the hard part. And we'll take a few mailbag questions in this show as well. Eno, how's it going for you on this Monday? Good. I'm coming to you from fabulous San Diego where uh, the weather is great. Uh, The team is maybe not. It's not the way we drew it up. It's not the way we hoped it was going to go in the NL West. No, it's tough. And it's one of those things where like, you know, the different parts all look great on paper, but they, they're just not going at the same time. I would say, you know, I shared this thing on Twitter where they're 5 and 15 in one-run games. And a lot of people took it to, and were like, yeah, they suck. They're this, they're this. This is Melvin. This is a problem. And I'm like, that's like a, a, a luck stat. Mm-hmm. You know, one-run games is not usually something that, you know, you continue to dominate at or continue to suck at. It's just, that's chaos. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. That doesn't really, I don't know how much that helps, but yeah, when you're in the middle of it, but. (laughs) Well, we'll dig in. We've got lots of players to talk about on this episode. And the first one is the current leader in Roto earned value to this point in the season. That is Nathan Evaldi who in recent turns has shown little fluctuations in velocity, which I think will always, 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 always command some extra attention. So I was keeping a very close eye on what that final line looked like from him over the weekend. The thing that Evaldi's done very well all season long is he has pitched deep into his starts. He did it again against the Astros on Saturday. Seven scoreless innings, just two hits, five Ks, four walks, picked up another win. He's up to 10 wins now on the season. This is the best version of Nathan Evaldi we've ever seen through a half season. The concerns for me would be fluctuating velo and the pace for being on like 
a 225 inning pace at this point in the season. That seems a little <laughs> problematic given his health history. I hope he can do it. I mean, I, I'm rooting for him. I really am. But what are your concerns about Evaldi, even though he has been fantastic to this point in the season? He had, uh, before this last start, uh, he had basically one, two, three, four, five, five starts in a row uh, where the, the average fastball declined and the max fastball declined. Yeah. Um, and then in the one, in the last, in the, in the very, in the last start before this one, it kind of uh, was about the same. And then this one, he, his max below was up. Uh, where was it sitting below? It's kind of hard. I'm looking at these fan graphs charts. It's kind of cool to see the spread, but they don't represent the average or the mean. Uh, he went, so he went from, he was like 96s. And then, uh, when the Yankees came to town, 97, five average. And then from then 95, 96, 95, 96, 96, 95, 95, 94, eight, 93, nine, 94, three. And then the last one, 95, nine, 95, six, 96. So that's a good sign, I guess. Um, when he went, so the reason we're asking about this is because last year he didn't have a game where he averaged over 95 in the second half, um, uh, once he came back from injury and he wasn't as good. I, I lived it. I had him on a lot of teams last year. I have him on fewer teams this year, still believed, but I just felt like it was reckless to try and have him everywhere again, given (laughs) the factors we talked about a little bit earlier. The thing I like about him overall, though, even if the velo slips again, it is a pretty deep pitch mix. He's got the splitter, the cutter, and the curveball, and he's locating everything really well. So even though it would be a problem if he went through the second half with a a tick and a half or two ticks less on his fastball, I don't think he'd be the guy that went from best starter in the league from a fantasy perspective to can't use him in a lot of his starts it would just be a guy that could flirt with a four era the rest of the season and you know be kind of a one two five whip guy with a below strikeout per inning strikeout rate and that's fine that plays but that's a pretty far cry from what you've been getting yeah i it's it's really interesting because uh from a an era standpoint last year when he lost the velo in the second half he had a four nine era so you say, well, like, I really don't want to be sitting with that bag, you know, this year. But his FIP at the same time was a 371. But, a third but, <laughs> his uh, strikeout rate went from 9.4 uh, per nine to 6.6 per nine. Uh, it's worse so that's than a I lot thought. of butts. Yeah. That's a lot of butts. I don't know. I like these locations, though. You check out his heat map when you get a chance. Uh, splitter, nice and tight down away or down and into righties. Uh, cutters away from righties. Fastball's kind of in the meaty part of the zone. That's a little bit of a, an odd. Yeah, but he kind of pitches backwards. Even though he has good velo, he kind of hides the fastball a lot. Throws the slider a lot and fastball counts. So that's where he's at so far. Now, what are you doing in leagues where you have him? Do you have him anywhere? And if Yeah, you- I have him in a bunch of places. Um, you know, uh, he just popped as, you know, had great projections, uh, partly because of that park, I think, partly because of his stuff plus and... Um, so I've, I've got him a lot of places. Um, the, I, I'm just, a lot of the places I can't trade him. Um, and, uh, the places where I do have him and I can trade him, I am 
thinking about it a little bit. I'm in second place in AL Labor, and I could use uh, a closer. And so I'm trying to put together different packages, but I keep staring at like maybe there's something where I just, you know, trade Eovaldi and a non-closer reliever for a closer and a worse starter or something. Yeah, I'm looking at rest of season projections through the Fangraphs auction calculator, popping the bat X in just to get a rough idea. That projection system has Evaldi as the 31st best starting pitcher the rest of the way. And again, a couple injured guys that are ahead of him probably wouldn't really be there if we were trying to go through this as a ranking exercise. But let's just say he's a top 25 starter the rest of the way. That's still better than what you paid for on draft day. So you'd be pretty happy with that. And in terms of like a trade return, if you're looking for a closer like Eno, you're probably getting at least a closer two, a good closer two back in the return, right? Mm-hmm. You could probably get a, a Paul Seawald or uh, is Jordan Romano still in that closer two group? Alexis Diaz, maybe we'll talk about him in a little bit. There's there's some guys you the, can get. The that partner are I'm good. looking at has Paul Seawald and Carlos Estevez, yeah. Yeah. And and so I'm thinking, I've been trying to get Estevez, but now I'm thinking, you know, maybe Evaldi. We'll see. All right. Other names, lots of guys to get to. How about Marcus Stroman? I didn't see this coming from him. I do have Stroman in a few leagues this year, and I kind of just liked him because of the park. I thought decent ratios, high volume of innings. Didn't really expect a lot to change in the profile. Just thought what you see is what you get, and you know what you got last year was actually pretty good. 350 ERA, 115 whip. He's been even better so far. 276 and 109 for the ratios, 92 Ks in 107 and two-thirds innings, and what he lacks in strikeout rate, he's making up for in volume so far. If he holds up physically and gets over 200 innings, he's he's done it a couple times before back in 2016 and 2017, Stroman's going to probably finish pretty easily with a dollar value right around this current level. He can actually kind of cruise to that $22, $25 range based on the start that he's had so far, but I don't really see anything that's changed for him. I mean, a little bit of good luck on homers after a little bit of bad luck on homers last year. Is there anything you see that's different with Stroman? Uh, there's a, a, a weird thing where uh, he was maybe trying to go for. Sorry, the uh, the dogs are with me and they're sad that everyone's gone, and so they're gonna bark. <laughs> um, Marcus Stroman was trying to throw the four seam, I think maybe uh, beginning of last year, and. Uh, trying to throw it more and trying to like maybe go for strikeouts more. Uh, you see a real bump in four seam and slider usage early last year. Um, and I think that wasn't uh, into his strengths. Um, and so I think what you've seen since is uh, this year, just way more sliders. Um, and then, uh, you know, the four seam usage is, almost gone he just uses it every once in a while uh to change change eye levels and uh against lefties uh mostly but um i think he's just become like the best version of himself sinker slider guy uh that has enough cutter change four seam uh to keep lefties uh to keep lefties honest yeah it's working a pitcher that's aging really well and Someone that might actually end up uh, on the free agent market has got an opt-out at the end of the season, too. So the home park that lured me in might not be his home park next year, depending on how things play out. I think Stroman indicated that he was trying to reach an extension with the Cubs. We'll see if anything changes. It is really interesting to uh, to when you're sometimes on Brooks, you can easily uh, switch from lefty to righty to see pitch mix. 
And when you when you put Marcus Stroman against uh, when you put him against righties, uh, he's sixty five percent sinker, thirty percent slider. <laughs> so uh, he's a two pitch guy against them. Uh, against lefties, uh, he still throws a sinker a lot, but it's a it's a turbo sinker. It's a great one. So you know, I think he can he can deal with that. But fourteen percent cutter, twenty percent slider, ten percent change, five percent four seam. And if you do it for the year instead of just recently, it's uh, 9% four-seam, 20% cutter, uh, 14% change. So uh, you can. I think this is kind of important sometimes, uh, first of all, because they, you know, something like Stuff Plus doesn't uh, platoon adjust. And I think that uh, a lot of the times that we maybe miss on a pitcher or there's a pitcher who's struggling, we can't figure it out or a pitcher who's better than we expect. Uh, sometimes platoon splits are part of it. I'm thinking of, you know, just across, you know, we're not doing the, the bad surprises uh, show today. <laughs> uh, but in that same rotation, Jameson Tyon, uh, you know, in terms of what he's trying to do uh, against lefties, you see some real fluctuation uh, month to month where, you know, the beginning of the season, he was 33% four-seam, 32% cutter, 23% curve, 7% change against lefties. Now he's 52% four-seam, 8% cutter, uh, 8% change, and 30% curve. So he's obviously trying to find something that works against lefties. I talked to Clark Schmidt about, you know, what it was that he figured out against lefties. Um, and, uh, I think that's a source of chaos in our appraisal of pitchers is, you know, we need to spend some time thinking about how they get opposite handed hitters out. Yeah. How they negate or reduce the impact of the platoon advantage. Probably uh, a tough analysis to do in some ways though, too, because the, the splits are so limited in their actual statistical value because they're smaller, right? I mean, you start slicing partial seasons into lefty righty splits and things get pretty noisy pretty quickly but that's more of a, a granular analysis that i think is really and and really important to do yeah and honestly like if if i told jameson ty on what to do against lefties i'd probably be telling him to do that more cutter heavy one right mm. uh but he's you know the strikeouts have at least returned when he went to a more four seam heavy so i mean it's not like he's figured it out but i I have, and I, I'm guilty of having dropped him like this week in the main event and in a lot of places. I've, I finally gave up on him, um, like a lot of people. But I will point out that in his last start, the strikeouts came back. <laughs> <laughs> he gave up five runs, but <laughs> the strikeouts came back. And there's something changing under the hood. Well, that's the thing that gives you some hope. You need reasons to take a chance on a pitcher with bloated ratios. At least Jamison Tyon's not just going out there doing the same thing over and over again and getting hit doing the same thing over and over again. So if you need reasons for optimism, that would be the biggest one that I've got for him. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Mitch Rates and Barrels Word Cloud Hog Keller is our <laughs> next pitcher. And the thing that really surprises me with Mitch Keller is that we're seeing the K rate way up. 27.3%, easily the best we've seen since he debuted back in 2019. That was only 48 innings, and he really wasn't good from a ratios perspective during that season. Walk rate, career best, 6.5%, very good. Swing strike rate's only 8.9%. You don't usually see a swing strike rate that low on a strikeout rate, as high as what Mitch Keller is doing right now. Uh, the cutter was a big addition to his arsenal, and we've seen other pitchers add a cutter and get a lot better. Corbin Burns a few years ago, I think, is a good recent example of this. Uh, before we dig into other pitchers that could make that adjustment, the projections do not like Mitch Keller. They really don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Because there are a lot of inputs that are very poor. I think even my own don't love him. I mean, yeah, and it's... We're at the point now, 105 good innings that are the best of his career should start to carry a bit more weight in those rest of season numbers, but you still see an ERA that's over a run higher from the bat compared to what he's done so far. All of the projection systems on fan graphs have a 1-3 whip or higher, and all of the projection systems have the K rate coming down quite a bit down in the kind of mid to upper eights sort of range. If you like K per nine, that's like 22 to 23% if you prefer the percentage. So where do you really see things going? What do your projections have for Keller? And do you think there's something that they could be missing because of the previous inputs of Keller that come from a pitcher who had a slightly different arsenal? Yeah, I think it's a fairly different arsenal. Um, you know, not only is there the addition of the cutter, but I just had in my last piece uh, an interview with Keller where we talked about how he has seven pitches. Um, and he said the slider is a gyro slider and a sweeper. Um, and so he throws four seams, sinker, cutter, curve, gyro slider, sweeper, and change. Um and I think what's happening here is that this is a guy who, you know, Stuff Plus has pretty much um, always liked. Um, and, um, you know, especially since he added the sweeper. Um, and who didn't have good locations before. But now with seven pitches, I think, you know, what he said was, you know, we talked about the banana peel. Mm-hmm. where now with seven pitches, uh, he can simplify his targets. And he, he agreed with me. He simplified his targets, a little bit Glasnowian in that way, but with a much larger repertoire. And as you can see, he's pretty much, it looks like he's aiming middle-middle. <laughs> Doesn't it? Almost on, on all of them. And then the movement is taking it to different places, I think. Right. So, you know, the four-seam has enough ride to kind of pop at the top there. The cutter is in on the hands. We're looking at the heat maps right now on YouTube. And dogs, please, please shut up. (laughs) Maybe they're coming home from the beach. Iggy and Buster, I think, are upset that you are blowing up the possibility they could go out and trade for Mitch Keller in the face of the projections. (laughs) That's what they're upset about. Is is he uh, on an expiring deal? No, Keller's got this interesting thing where... 
He's still under club control through 2025. So if you're the Pirates, you're probably thinking extension. If you want to just say, hey, we believe in this and we don't want him to do it for too long. Are we paying for, you know, the Mitch Keller with a uh, with a three ERA or the Mitch Keller with a, my projections have are about this are on the nicer side. So there's a lot of 413, 440 from the bat. Uh, my projections are like a 408. So uh, yeah, I, kind guess, of, yeah, I don't know if you extend a pitcher that projects like that that far away from free agency. I don't know if it's probably it's it might not be in the best interest of either side. Yeah. Keller makes a lot more money if he does he makes this more for money the calendar if he year. proves he can do this again. Yeah. Yep. And at this point, he the, the leverage is in the favor of the Pirates. Now, I think the other angle would be if you're the Pirates and you see that there's not a lot of pitching out there, do you consider trading Mitch Keller because you could get a lot back in the return? You have to go find another guy to fill that spot. Tough thing to do, but I think it's pretty intriguing just because we're we're in a trade situation right now where a lot of teams want pitching and somebody that you'd have for much more than this season would bring back a ton. So I know that it hasn't gone well since their beginning, uh, their beginning stretch, but um, I think this is the year where you're like, we want to be 500 and we want to be building uh, towards the future. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I don't, uh, there's enough going on with their bats coming together where you're like, you know, yeah, we could trade them for bats, but like, we also need arms. <laughs> you know, we've talked about this on the fantasy end where it's like, you know, in dynasty leagues, you know, you're always like, yes, always trade your arms for bats until you're like, well, now I'm competitive and I have no arms <laughs> and no one will trade me any. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, I think this is just one of those ones where they keep them. And in terms of, uh, you know, fantasy or whatever, I, I think it might be a little bit of folly to buy high, um, just because uh, this is the best location plus he's ever had, the best command he's ever showing. I, 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 you have to. Here's a guy with a career nine percent walk rate who has a six point five right now. You're just going to regress that, you know. And uh, you know if with if that comes with a, a few homers or it reduces the strikeout rate or whatever it does, it's not going to be great for his numbers going forward. So. I don't think I'd put the over-under for his ERA going forward at 3-3 where it is now. No, no, I don't think so. I think if you wanted to be... Even if you were bullish on him, I think you'd still say like 3.75 or something. Yeah, and again, even Steamer, 3.98 is the most optimistic of the Fangraphs projections. Yeah. You could probably put the number there and you'd find that that's a pretty fair place to put it. I think I'm just a little worried that the Ks are coming down. I really am. I think that's the that's the skill that I'm the least sure of right now. When I look at Mitch Keller's profile, it's nice to see him pitching well, for sure. And this is a, even if you're going to regress him, this is a much more consistent version of someone that has been pretty mattingly inconsistent for us in the past. I want to ask you if you were going to give other pitchers in the league a cutter, since you can't just give everyone a cutter and have it turn them into someone completely different. Who would it make the most sense with? What type of pitcher are you looking for? What other stuff in the arsenal? Uh, it kind of leads you to say, hey, maybe this guy could throw a cutter and it would open up a ton of other things or it would elevate their their baseline performance to a new level. I think the, the main thing you're looking for, like we were talking about earlier in terms of platoon splits, is somebody that uh, maybe has other pitches that have large platoon splits. Also, mechanically, what I've heard is that... Um, 
cutter four seam mix is not amazing because um, you can affect the shape of your four seam and uh, you start to lose ride on your four seam. Even Garrett Cole, who uh, is only mixing in a few cutters, and he's the cutters looks the best it's ever been, uh, I've seen a little bit of change in his four seam fastball. Uh, there was, you know, the, there have been organizations that have banned it for this reason. Um, and so uh, I would think sinker, sinker curve, sinker slider guy, who uh, maybe has some problems with platoon splits. I think that's the, the, the very obvious one. Uh, that, that's, that's the sort of obvious test case for a cutter. And so Steven Matz uh, it, it throws most sinkers in baseball. He's, he was so much better, Steven Matz was, when uh, he had that hard slider. Of course, I think it did have some effect on his, uh, on his health. He was throwing the Worthen slider, and ever since he kind of started throwing the Worthen slider, which did lead to one of his best years, uh, you can see in 2019 he threw an 89 and a half mile an hour slider, 14 percent of the time, uh, and in 2019 uh, he had basically his best season, you know, and since then he's only topped 150 innings once. So I think there's some relationship there. Anyway, uh, I still think a cutter, maybe just a, a just a straight cutter instead of the Worth and Slider might help him, or maybe he just can't do it uh, injury wise. Brady Singer is my number one guy for a cutter. I think Brady Singer, uh, that would be huge for him. Yeah, you think about Brady Singer. I mean, he's even further away from free agency than Mitch Keller is, but he's not having that success yet. So with the Royals having the kind of season they're having. Anything and anything could be on the table. But I think with Brady Singer, we just have some recent example from last year of success. He was good last year. He was very good. I didn't have him, so I missed out completely. But a 323 ERA, 114 whip, 150 Ks, and 153 innings, it looked like he had unlocked everything a year ago. And so far this season, it's just been a big step back. Lowest K rate of his entire career so far through his first 89 innings here in 2023. Yeah, and like, you know, I could take a victory lap. I mean, I, I don't have any shares and, you know, Stuff Plus never loved him. But um, really, I think that the, the key takeaway from Singer is just what we've been talking about is be very wary of guys with platoon rates. And that, that'll get you out of trouble with even guys that Stuff Plus likes. Like Graham Ashcraft, we should have realized you know, would have some issues, um, you know, because he is basically a one-pitch pitcher against both sides. <laughs> he has a sweeper for righties and a cutter for lefties, and what does he do otherwise, <laughs> you know? So uh, the one problem with Bray Singer, he's, he, he kind of throws a gyro slider. Um, so it would be better if he had a bigger slider to go with it, but I still think uh, he would be an interesting test case for this. Um, there's some other guys uh, that I think could use it. Jake Woodford. Uh, is the guy that I'm looking at here? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, Stroman is a, a case. Uh, you know, in terms of people who've done this, other than Keller, um, I see uh, Marcus Stroman, Cal Quantrill, uh, Martin Perez, uh, and Zach Eflin, and even Adam Wainwright uh, and Dane Dunning as uh, previous examples of. Uh, proof of this concept you know 
Man, I wonder if Alec Manoa could actually add a cutter. Got the bad splits against lefties, sinker slider. Actually had a much better start. Just made a start at double A on Sunday. Struck out 10. Gave up a run on three hits. Three walks over five innings. 47 of his 82 pitches were strikes. Much, much better than that first outing in the Florida Complex League. That would actually yeah. make quite a bit of sense to me, just based on the fact that he's, he's mostly a two-pitch pitcher. Throws the occasional changeup in there as well. And might be the kind of guy that's going to be a little more about weak contact than just overpowering elite strikeout rates. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times the cutter is a step in for a poor change, you know. Um, and it, they don't it don't function the same way. But he, I'm seeing Manoa has thrown eight cutters, uh, supposedly. Um, so that's interesting. I wonder if that's something that'll change uh, when he's coming up through the minors again. Uh, but, uh, you know, in terms of results and averages, uh, his changeup has given up a 314 batting average and a 457 slugging uh, to lefties. Of course, his slider, 325 and 550. But that's what you're talking about when you're talking about these poor splits. You know, uh, he, he doesn't have a good arsenal against lefties. Um, and that, that, you can, that doesn't require... A, a real model or anything you know, you just have to be like oh he's a sinker slider guy what what does he do against lefties it's a pretty simple old school question we are going to sign off on our way out the door a reminder you can get a subscription to the athletic for a dollar a month for the first year at theathletic.com slash rates and barrels you can find us on twitter Eno is at Eno saris i am at Derek and riper the pod is at rates and barrels no episode on Tuesday. We're going to bump Project Prospect over to Wednesday because of the 4th of July holiday here in the States. So have a safe and happy 4th of July. If you are celebrating that, we are back with you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. <laughs>